This is VLX number 75, Life Decisions, Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. God give you his peace, and nomine patri sefiri, spiritu santi, amen. God our Lord, we ask the grace that all of our intentions, actions, and operations be directed purely to the service and praise of your divine majesty. In nomine patri sefiri, spiritu santi, amen. Okay, this is our last time on the first few verses of Matthew 12, but stick with it one more time because we have a real treat of Ignatian meditation today that I think you'll enjoy. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Thus are the words of the Holy Gospel. So as I said earlier, imagine walking through an open field with Jesus Christ himself. And this is a field so wide it belongs to nobody except God himself, Christ himself since he is God. You know, one of the points of meditation that we haven't spent a lot of time on in the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola was to remember that even though the first goal, far and away, of all this meditation is union with God, the second goal in why he wrote this retreat is to help you in making life decisions. The rules for discernment called the retreat into such a personalized experience of prayer that St. Ignatius of Loyola was brought to the Inquisition several times in Paris probably because this much personal relationship with Jesus, with this much experiential decisions, smacked of Protestantism. But of course, St. Ignatius passed it because he was Catholic. And get this, a relationship with Christ is actually Catholic. Now, St. Ignatius taught that you had to obtain peace or be given peace by God to make life decisions that come from prayer. Now, of course, meditation usually brings a person to peace and hopefully charity and eventually contemplation. Another time, we will talk about how meditation leads to contemplation, but you'll even pick up a little bit of that today. Now, if you've ever heard my talk talk on census fidelium, it's called Making Decisions Without Fear. And in that, I describe, imagine you're going to go on a sailboat in really clear waters in the Caribbean, and you're going to go on this sailboat in relatively shallow water, maybe 20 feet deep, 30 feet deep, and you're going to look for... Uh, buried treasure or maybe sunken ships or something. If you want to see buried treasure or sunken ships on, say, a sailboat in the Caribbean, imagine super, super clear water. You can actually see those things at the bottom of just 20 feet, maybe 30 feet, if there's clear water. But you can't really see to the bottom if there's a bunch of dirt and sand and beer bottles and stuff kicked up by a storm. You actually have to have peace to see these life decisions. That's where we're going to go with this whole thing. But today, we're still in Matthew 12, so imagine yourself walking through this field with Christ at your side. We've talked about in the past how really a field can be this place of great peace because there's no technology, there's nobody around you, we're not even going to pay attention to the Pharisees today, it's just you and Christ walking through this big wheat field. But today, we're going to apply the rules of discernment in that because we can use that peace, maybe walking through this field, to talk to Christ to make life decisions. Even small decisions can come from prayer. The reason I don't spend a lot of time on this is because I really believe that union with Christ is going to lead you to the right decisions. But I want to give you a few of the parameters because the way that St. Ignatius of Loyola wrote this imaginative way of prayer is intricately tied to life decisions. And when we go from prayer to life decisions, there are these parameters around it. 
that might sound a little heavy-handed at first, but it's almost like the rules of chess. Once you kind of have these rules down, it's going to lead to tremendous freedom to letting God guide your soul, your heart, your mind, your body in life decisions. Um, so let's start with the rules. Uh, the first I want to give you is called Rules for Thinking with the Church. This is in the Spiritual Exercises. This is the book I use. It's a, translated by a Lewis Poole, The Spiritual Exercises of St. Ignatius. It's right here if you're looking at the YouTube. It's by Lewis Poole if you just have the uh, audio on right now. And number 367.113, I'm going to read you that quote. If we wish to proceed securely in all things, we must hold fast to the following principle. What seems to me white, I will believe black if the hierarchical church so defines. For I must be convinced that in Christ our Lord, the bridegroom, and in his spouse, the church, only one spirit holds sway, which governs and rules for the salvation of souls. For it is by the same spirit and Lord who gave the Ten Commandments that our Holy Mother Church is ruled and governed. End quote. So a few things right there. Notice that when he says, with what I think is black, the church says is white, he's not talking about just a random bishop. Look at my recent blog post on how the, the voice of the bride can only be one. And that means the voice of the bride can only be one through all of time. So when St. Ignatius of Loyola is saying you have to listen to the church, to the hierarchical church, he's talking about the entire magisterium. He's not talking about like one single time of church crisis like we happen to be in right now. So let's talk about how this could lead you to certain life decisions. Imagine that you felt in prayer you should leave your wife and marry somebody else. Well, this would go against the teachings of the sacred scriptures and the entire magisterium of the Catholic Church. So therefore, we know that something went off in your heart, in your emotional approach to Christ in all of this. And this is, this is really important because... Many traditional Catholics are going to be a little bit afraid of using experience to make such intense life decisions, but the reason you should feel secure is because these are under the parameters of following the perennial teachings of the church and the scriptures. So again, if you were in prayer and felt you should leave your marriage or something, well, we would know this is wrong because we already have in number 367 right here the rules that we follow the church first. And one of the ways that we know that he's not just talking about random times of random crisis in church history when he says the hierarchical church is he just said the Ten Commandments that our Holy Mother Church is ruled and governed by. So he's talking about the Ten Commandments, not arbitrary decisions of random bad bishops in weird times in history. Now we're going to look verbatim at the actual rules St. Ignatius gives us. And again, these are intimately tied to the way he taught imaginative prayer as we approach the Gospels. Number 314, quote, In the case of those who go from one mortal sin to another, the enemy is ordinarily accustomed to propose apparent pleasures. He fills their imagination with sensual delights and gratifications, the more readily to keep them in their vices and increase the number of their sins. With such persons, the good spirit uses a method which is the reverse of the above. Making use of the light of reason, he will rouse the sting of conscience and fill them with remorse, end quote. Okay, now a few of my own thoughts on, on this. You know, St. Ignatius here is talking, he's not just talking about a good Christian who sometimes falls into mortal sin and then goes to confession. He's talking about someone who lives in constant mortal sin. For lack of a better term, a bad person. I know we're all bad people when it comes to God's holiness, but you know what I mean. A bad person. So like, imagine someone who's going from pot to meth to cocaine 
it's gonna sound to them like a good idea when someone proposes the next level of drugs. And this is why St. Ignatius says the enemy is, quote, ordinarily accustomed to propose apparent pleasures. He fills their imagination with sensual delights and gratifications, the more readily to keep them in their vices and increase the number of their sins, end quote. So for this person who's just going from party to party to party sinning, let's say that that person has a brother or sister who's a good Catholic, and this person challenges this bad person, for lack of a better term, challenges the bad person to accept Christ and stop living the party lifestyle. Well, St. Ignatius of Loyola, he knew this by personal experience, and he would tell you that without a great grace from God at that moment, that bad person is going to reject the good person's call to conversion because it's going to sting their conscience. Remember, St. Ignatius just wrote, With such persons, the good spirit uses a method which is the reverse of the above. Making use of the light of reason, he will rouse the sting of conscience and fill them with remorse. So remember, these rules for life decisions will not work for those who have no desire to follow God. Put that on the back burner because that's key to this whole thing. You know, again, we're going to be using our hearts, our emotions, and experiences to make life decisions. And again, I get why there are some real conservative and traditional Catholics who are afraid of this because it smacks of so much experiential knowledge when we just want to open St. Thomas Aquinas. But don't worry, St. Ignatius gives us these rules. And St. Thomas Aquinas himself would say that in the Holy Ghost gift of counsel, this is where we know what to think, do, and say. And in 2021, when times are really complex, you're not going to find a moral manual for every situation you're in. So this is where your prayer might be the only thing you have to lead you in complex times. Number 315.2, quote, In the case of those who go on earnestly striving to cleanse their souls from sin and who seek to rise in the service of God our Lord to greater perfection, the method pursued is the opposite of that mentioned in the first rule. Then it is characteristic of the evil spirit to harass with anxiety, to afflict with sadness, to raise obstacles backed by fallacious reasonings that disturb the soul. Thus he seeks to prevent the soul from advancing, end quote. Notice he said striving earnestly, not just saints, just anyone who's trying to be a good Christian. So let's imagine someone who's a good Catholic has, say, a blasphemous thought that he didn't will. It just came in there, and then he's really bothered by it. St. Ignatius of Loyola, he knew this well after his conversion. That's why he writes, quote, Then it is characteristic of the evil spirit to harass with anxiety, to afflict with sadness, to raise obstacles backed by fallacious reasonings that disturb the soul. Thus he seeks to prevent the soul from advancing, end quote. So what he's saying right there is that Satan can throw, if he can't get you to sin, he's going to try to trip you up in, in anxiety. Now, I'm not saying that anxiety is sin. I'm not saying anxiety is sin, but think of my Caribbean analogy. You can't find the hidden treasure if the sand is all kicked up in a storm. So this is why we're going to see as you walk through this field with Jesus, it's really important to turn your phone off. Maybe you have to get up in the morning before all the kids are up and everything really give God those 15 minutes in silence. We're going to see that that time in silence with no technology isn't just to please God. We're going to find that we can't even make decisions in life if we don't have some silent time in our life. Okay, the next one, quote, it is characteristic of the good spirit. And by the way, when he says good spirit and bad spirit, he means angels and demons, but that's just the, how he puts it. It is characteristic of the good spirit, however, to give courage and strength, consolation, tears, inspiration, and peace, this he does by making all easy, by removing all obstacles, so that the soul goes forward in doing good. Now, there's a couple amazing things to notice here. One, that tears, the gift of crying in prayer, that's actually a consolation from God. Notice that 
tears is a consolation, not a desolation in prayer. Second thing to notice here is that when God clears your soul of these temptations and anxiety and obstacles, that's not just to give you good feelings or make you feel holy, but what did he say? It's to give you strength and courage, consolation, tears, inspiration, and peace. That's actually the whole goal of this VLX series, to first bring you to union with God, whether you feel those things or not, but secondly, so that you can live a life of, what did he just say? Courage and strength, consolation, tears, inspirations, and peace. Yes, again, interesting that tears are in there, but the saints wept in hope. They wept in hope for the sins much of their life. Uh, But if you want to come to courage and strength, consolations, tears, inspirations, and peace, remember what we just learned as the first two prerequisites to that. One, thinking in union with the church. The dogma comes above your feelings as we enter into this experiential prayer. And that's that's important, again, because what we do in VLX is very much based in the heart more than the head. So we have to keep our head on the back burner on all of this. The dogma comes first. Or rather, if our experience or our feelings lead us away from the church, we know it's not from God. Two, that you have to live in sanctifying grace, not going from sin to sin. And if you do fall, you go to confession because... Uh, you actually do want the Holy Spirit to fill you with, what did we just hear? Quote, courage and strength, consolation, tears, inspiration, and peace, end quote. So as you walk the field with Christ, don't be afraid to ask for those things. I think sometimes we Catholics think either God has something better to do or we're just supposed to live miserable lives of prayer or something like that. Right there, this super intense Spanish saint of the 16th century just told us one of the goals in prayer is to reach courage and strength, consolation, tears, inspiration, and peace. Okay, let's continue on VLX 75 Life Decisions, number 329, quote, It is characteristic of God and his angels when they act upon the soul to give true happiness and spiritual joy and to banish all the sadness and disturbances which are caused by the enemy. It is characteristic of the evil one to fight against such happiness and consolation by proposing fallacious reasonings, subtleties, and continual deceptions, end quote. Now, if that sounds too positive and encouraging for the traditional Catholics out there, and I'm a traditional Catholic, I'm not ripping on you, but I can understand after uh, all of the feelings that we always hear around us by kind of -of middle-of-the-road Christians that we would be suspicious of that. But let me tell you, numerous popes have said this is the gold standard of retreat. This is the gold standard of discerning the Christian life through spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. I know the Jesuits take a lot of hits. St. Ignatius of Loyola was the founder of the Jesuits. And I know the modern Jesuits take a lot of hits as being touchy-feely and extremely experiential where experience can trump dogma. St. Ignatius of Loyola would not approve of that. So remember, I'm quoting you from a 16th century canonized saint who has the approbation of numerous popes who said this is the gold standard of pre-Vatican II popes. They said it's the gold standard of making life decisions and spiritual rules of prayer. So this has the stamp of many, many uh, popes from the 16th century onwards. Now, regarding what I just read you, remember, some Catholics today, they think just because they feel nothing in prayer, maybe that makes them another St. John of the Cross or Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Now, dryness in prayer might mean you're another John of the Cross or Mother Teresa, but more likely it just means you're lazy. I'm not saying that to be mean, but to show you that God, here's the good news behind that. That's not me making fun of you. 
This is me telling you God actually wants to give you. What did St. Ignatius just say? He said, It is characteristic of God and his angels when they act upon the soul to give true happiness and spiritual joy and to banish all the sadness and disturbances which are caused by the enemy. So if you finish your prayer and you feel true happiness and spiritual joy, don't think, oh, I should be a grumpy Catholic in all of this. I shouldn't be feeling it. No, no, no. We just heard from a canonized saint. And how beautiful is that? To give true happiness and spiritual joy and to banish all the sadness and disturbances. You see, that's the goal of mental prayer. How awesome is that? Okay, now this next one that I'm going to read you, this is the next rule of St. Ignatius of Loyola. This is my favorite of all the rules of discernment of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. So listen closely. This is number 330.2. Quote, God alone can give consolation to the soul without any previous cause. It belongs solely to the creator to come into the soul, to leave it, to act upon it, to draw it wholly to the love of his divine majesty. I said without previous cause, that is, without any preceding perception or knowledge of any subject by which a soul might be led to such a consolation through its own acts of intellect and will, end quote. Now, St. Ignatius of Loyola knew this personally. When he was in the cave of Manresa, he was extremely depressed trying to figure out how someone who had sinned that much could ever please God. And then God came and did this in his own soul. You know, as I've said in previous sermons, Satan can imitate zeal, but he can't imitate peace. Let me say that again. And this is how we know who's working on our soul, if this is a temptation or if it's actually God. Satan can imitate zeal, but he can never imitate peace. So let me give you an example. Satan might tempt a dad of five kids to say, go be a Benedictine monk because there the dad doesn't have to change diapers anymore. Well, that's a zealous thought, right? I could go be a Benedictine monk even though I have five kids. Or you, I don't have five kids. I mean, for someone out there like that. But here's the thing is, um, God would never give that peace, that peace that only God can give that goes to the bottom of the soul. Why? Because he would never go against the church's teaching, which is that you can't leave one vocation for another. This is where we go back to that first thing. But when St. Ignatius of Loyola says, without previous cause, I think he means quite immediately. So when you're given that peace of soul in your current vocation, in your commitment, and you know that is God, then I think St. Ignatius of Loyola means that that can happen quite immediately. Again, God alone can give consolation to the soul without any previous cause. So we have to be careful in asking for this because we don't just want like fireworks in prayer. But this is where this is deeper than fireworks. This is actual peace. And you know, I would go so far as to say, I think it's fine to start your VLX even asking for this peace. We are in times of such turmoil in church and state right now. Why not just say, Father in Jesus' name, please give me this line from St. Ignatius of Loyola. God alone can give consolation to the soul without any previous cause. And like I said... Uh, you know it's God because you know it's God. And this comes through overwhelming peace if you're living in sanctifying grace and you're not making decisions against your vocation of the church. And, you know, even sometimes a tsunami of God's peace comes upon people living in serious sin, but it always turns them to repentance. As we hear in Romans chapter 2, verses 4, God's kindness leads to repentance. God's kindness leads to repentance. Okay, the next one, and again, don't be afraid to be walking through the field with Christ as you try to apply these or maybe apply this after your time in prayer. Number 331.3, quote, If a cause precedes it, both the good angel and the evil spirit can give consolation to a soul, but for a quite different purpose. 
The good angel consoles for the progress of the soul that it may advance and rise to what is more perfect. The evil spirit consoles for purposes that are the contrary and that afterwards he might draw the soul to his own perverse intentions and wickedness, end quote. So again, this is like I said earlier, that if you ask someone living for God to go to adoration, they're probably going to say yes. But if you ask someone living for drugs to go to the next level of drugs, they're probably going to say yes. Okay, number 332.4, quote, It is a mark of the evil spirit to assume the appearance of an angel of light. He begins by suggesting thoughts that are suited to a devout soul and ends by suggesting his own. For example, he will suggest holy and pious thoughts that are holy in conformity with the sanctity of the soul. Afterwards, he will endeavor, little by little, to end by drawing the soul into his hidden snares and evil designs, end quote. So this is a little bit like that example I gave you like two minutes ago, that Satan could give holy and pious thoughts, say, to a dad of five kids to leave because he doesn't want to change diapers and go be a Benedictine monk. But notice that as St. Ignatius said, quote, afterwards the devil will endeavor little by little to end by drawing the soul into his hidden snares and evil designs, end quote. Well, what would those evil designs be? It would be to leave your vocation. Uh, so if the devil can tempt us with both illicit pleasures on one side of the coin and on the other side of the coin, pious thoughts, how do we recognize God? Well, this is why we've gone over these three rules, and this, this is probably worth writing down if you're taking notes. One, stay in grace. Two, believe what the church has always taught, including about fulfilling your vocation, if you have one yet. And three, Satan can tempt us with exciting thoughts of sanctity, but never peaceful thoughts. Um, this is why I always say Satan can use zeal, but never peace. Peace is reserved exclusively to God as we enter into Ignatian prayer and even as we walk through life with Christ. You see, peace is where we get flooded with charity and truth and humility. Um, just a couple last things on how to attain charity, peace, and humility. St. Francis de Sales has a, an amazing section in Introduction of the Devout Life on anger and fear. And I heard a sermon about a month ago, which was phenomenal. And he he says that St. Francis de Sales teaches that 99% of our anger is unjustified. I know we often point to Christ in the temple. I like to look at that too. But this is a saint saying, you know, we're not Christ. And 99% um, of our anger is unjustified. And he teaches that usually this comes from our pride. So we have to get rid of our egos if we want to listen to the voice of God. This really does tie into the VLX series of meditative prayer. We have to get rid of our egos if we're going to listen to the voice of God. The other thing we have to get rid of is fear. Um, remember, be not afraid is the number one thing I think we hear all through the Bible. I think they say it's over 365 times in the Bible. Be not afraid is intricately tied to making life decisions. And that's why that silent time with God, even if there's no amazing emotions happening in the soul, uh, this is why that time in silence and peace is so important for life decisions is because God can actually take away our egos and our anger and our fear in this time and give us his peace. And that is why silent time, as you walk through the fields with Jesus for 15 minutes a day, it really is the best thing for both union with God and life decisions. And now you're given these parameters. Notice I didn't tell you any life decisions to make except don't leave any commitments that you have as a vocation. Otherwise, you know, the world is your oyster on this stuff in the interior life. St. Teresa of Avila basically taught this too, that short of sin, short of leaving your vocation, short of going against what the Bible and the church have taught you, 
um, we can really listen to the voice of God with a pretty wide latitude on this stuff. And I will link those rules of St. Ignatius of Loyola in my show notes without my commentary. So if you just want to read those just in his stoic, sober, Spanish way without adjectives right there, I'm going to have those right in there. Please say an Our Father for me. Et benedictio Dei omnipotentis. Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Descendit super vos et maniat semper. Amen.